When a market changes as drastically as ours has, people ask a lot of questions. If you're a buyer, you might be asking if it's better to wait. A price is going to come down even more. If you're a first-time buyer, you're wondering if you will finally be able to get into the market. Now, if you're a seller, you may also be asking if it's better to wait, but with the opposite question in mind, wondering if the prices will come back up to the height we saw in February and March of last year. In every market, people have to buy or sell for one reason or another. And as realtors, we have to be able to advise our clients properly and with honesty. Most of our knowledge in the market comes from speaking to our colleagues, our fellow realtors, and we ask each other about what we're seeing out there, what strategies are working or not working when we're dealing with buyers and sellers. I'm Desmond Brown, and today on Sold in the Six, you're going to hear a typical conversation that many of us realtors have with each other. Asif Khan is the broker owner of Remax Prime Properties in York Region and downtown Toronto and is the co-host of On the Market, a real estate radio show on 105.9 The Region. Asif, welcome to Sold in the Six. Desmond, thanks so much for having me. Oh, so glad you could join us today. So Asif, I'm going to start with this conversation. Someone's bought in February and March of last year and they've come to us and said, oh my God, we've overpaid. What's going to happen to me? Am I doomed now? Well, you know, a lot, the, the main reason people buy a home is to live in. It's a basic human need. And, you know, one of the spinoffs of buying a home is the appreciation that you see or, uh, you know, when your house goes up in value, the equity that you're building. Mm-hmm. And I think the main focus that people have to get back to is you're buying this home because you love it. You want to live in it. You want to raise your family in it. And the spinoff is the equity that's generated. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, once we put that into perspective, I think it makes a lot more sense to people that real estate is a long term game. Yeah, it really is. And that's what I say to my clients as well. I mean, if you're thinking of buying and selling within a year in any market, um, I always tell them, no, don't don't even think that way. You've got to think down the road, three to five years down the road, and everything will look after itself. We always say that time heals all in real estate. Exactly, exactly. And if you look at what the appreciation has been over the last 10, 15 years, uh, you know, people were buying things in at 2011, 2012 for about three or $400,000 less than what they're worth right now. So even if mm-hmm. it's taken a short-term dip, it's going to come back in the long term. Yeah, but it really does. Okay, so let's talk about buyers now. One of the biggest questions we're getting out there is, do we buy now or do we wait? Do we wait for the prices to come down uh, even more? So what I'm seeing is that there's a window of opportunity right now for buyers to capitalize on on the way the market is right now. So what's happening in the market right now? People are sitting on the fence. They're waiting for what's going to happen with the interest rates and what's going to happen with inventory levels. And we haven't seen inventory spike because sellers are also sitting on the fence waiting for the market to pick up so that they can get on the market. So right now, if, if you're a buyer, you have a great opportunity to go in there probably under asking. It depends, again, on the property. We're starting to see multiple offers. So that window of opportunity for buyers seems to be closing. So now's a great time for buyers to get in there, you know, get in a home inspection condition, maybe a financing condition to make sure that everything's okay with the bank. Uh, so this is a great opportunity for buyers. It's a window that we have not had open 
in the last probably four or five years. But it's open right now, but it will close quick, as we've seen with the recent Bank of Canada announcement. Uh, you know, they don't anticipate any further rate hikes during this cycle. And if that's the case, consumer confidence is going to come back and all the buyers are going to get back on. And that's going to create m- multiple offers and bidding wars, which is going to make it more difficult for current buyers to purchase. Yeah, I'm really I'm really feeling that the window's closing too. Just in the last couple of weeks, I'm seeing a few more houses getting multiple offers, going for over asking, even though we have a new threshold of price right now. Uh, but I really do think the window's closing and we're seeing a lot more activity. Um, also, how are you preparing? Like, I want to get into what you just mentioned here about we're seeing more offers with conditions, which is great, I think. Um, how are you preparing your buyers uh, before they actually put an offer in? Well, what we want them to do, obviously, um, is be pre-qualified. And, and once they're pre-qualified, it gives us a, a parameter or sets the parameters as to where they're going to end up and what we're going to be offering on and what they can afford. The main thing is affordability. You don't want to put your buyers in a position to fail. You want them to put be in a position to succeed. And that's always first and foremost. Uh, the other thing is you want them to do their homework and have a home inspection done. Make sure that they're not going to be putting more money into this property that they may be paying a lot more for than they would have last year right now. So last year, they may have said, well, I'm still getting a deal. Prices are going to go up. And if I have to fix this, this and this, it's okay. This year, money's going to be a lot tighter. They're not going to be able to have that extra money to fix all that. So you want them to go in with peace of mind, and that starts with the home inspection. Yeah, sure. So you have the home inspection. So even though we're, we're, um, actually, let's talk about the home inspection. Really, really important. A lot of people were waiving the home inspections during the height of the market. And we've heard some stories in the media of buyers finding some real big surprises afterwards. I've, I've always been a proponent, like no matter what the market, we still get a home inspection. I know that, you know, it's hard sometimes when things are moving so quickly. Um, a lot of sellers were supplying home inspections, and that can be a little bit suspect as well, because who is this home inspector mm-hmm. that they've used, right? So if it's a reputable home inspector, I would say to my clients, it's good. You know, I know this home inspector. They've been around for a lot of years. Um, you can go with that. Sometimes, like I said, some of the home inspectors are a bit suspect. Um, but anyway, other ways around it that we had were going in with the home inspection before uh, we actually put the offer in. So that's like a five, $700 investment, but a good investment to make instead of, you know, fifty, seventy thousand $70,000 down the road in case something really goes wrong. So yes, home inspections, I know you agree with this. We need them in, that, the pro, in, in, our, in our offers now. We really do. And and even during the, the heat of the multiple offers, we're trying to get inspections done prior to the offer date. And and again, if it's an older house, uh, you know, for newer houses, when you have the tarry-on warranty and, and you, you're getting title insurance, everything like that, it does help a bit with peace of mind. But for the older homes that, uh, you know, may or may not need uh, some work, you, you may want to have that inspection even just for maintenance ideas. Because mm-hmm. the home inspector's job is to also provide ideas on how to maintain the home for longevity. Yeah. So you talked about the pre-qualification for a mortgage. And even though buyers are pre-qualified for, let's say, a million dollars, we'll use that, you know, a million dollar purchase. So they might have 20% down and they're so $200,000 down and they're going to finance $800,000 of that million dollar purchase. Banks or lending institutions are still saying to them, you know, we need a 
we need a condition on financing when you do go in for an offer. And that sometimes gets a little bit, oh, it's, 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 it's a little bit of a, a challenge on both sides, isn't it? It sure is. And, and as you know, Desmond, the, the pre-qualification is not a final approval. There's always going to be checks and balances that the bank's going to do at the end after you have an accepted offer to make sure that uh, that purchase is going to go through. And the other reason is appraisal. So even though you're approved for a million dollars, doesn't mean you can just go out and buy anything for a million dollars. The property also has to appraise. So it depends on where you're spending that million dollars. If you're spending that million dollars on a home that's worth 800000 the bank is not going to approve you for that million-dollar purchase. Mm-hmm. They're going to look at the appraised value and say, we will still finance you, but it's going to be based on this percentage of this purchase price. And that's something that people sometimes forget. Uh, they think that it's a blank check to go out and spend a million dollars, but you have to be really careful. And that's when you have to rely on realtors like yourself, Desmond, to to provide that expertise, to provide a, a market analysis of that specific area to be able to uh, justify the price point that they're paying. Yeah, and it also justifies the price point to the actual buyers as well. Like, you know, I'm not overpaying or I'm getting a good deal by supplying these com- competitive or com- or comparative market analysis of, of the neighborhoods that they're thinking of buying homes in. Definitely, definitely. And uh, it's a great service to provide and it also gives the buyers peace of mind uh, for exactly that reason that they're not overpaying. Yeah, I always um, have these conversations with my buyers. Like they're, they'll go out and they'll look at a number of properties, and then even though they're not interested in them, I say, "Look at, let's track them, and see what they sell for," because in most cases, my buyers know the market as well as I do, or even better sometimes when it comes time for them to put in an offer on a property. I guess you probably see the same thing too. Yeah. And I always say, you know, there's so much information available to buyers and sellers on the internet right now. Um, But, you know, that it's like the realtor is the bridge. So you have all of this information available to you and you have your informed decision over here. Mm -hmm. The realtor is just a bridge to get you from all of that information to that decision. And and with that information that's available, some of it's dangerous because it may not be relevant, mm-hmm. but it is out there. And people get confused with what's relevant to their purchase and what's not. And and that's when, again, you rely on the expertise of your realtor who's been through different markets and, and sold in different markets to be able to point you in the right direction. Because what may have seemed like a good value a year ago may not be a good value right now. So even though that information is available, you still have to get to that informed decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about negotiation. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. So here we have a property, let's say it's listed for, let's just this hang around the million dollar range. So it's it, the, the property value from based on our evaluations after taking a look at um, what's recently sold, uh, we see that um, the house that our clients may be interested in is probably worth about a million dollars, but they're asking like a million 99 or something like that. So what type of offer would you go in at? Well, you want to start, especially if there's no other competing offers, you want to try and get that property for as close to market value as possible and maybe even give you a little bit of room if there's uh, improvements that need to be made or renovations that need to be done. So you want to start uh, at a realistic price point. It's a different time rent. Just because a neighbor sold for a million one Last year doesn't mean that the seller is going to get a million one this year. Mm-hmm. And you also have to gauge the motivation level of the seller. Yep. 
Some sellers are just out there fishing to see if they can get what their neighbors received, but that may not be realistic and it'll be wasting everyone's time. So having that conversation with the listing agent, finding out what the motivation is of the seller and working with that, you know, if the seller has to move for work or something, you know, there's going to be a little bit more motivation and they may let that go for market value or a little bit less. Mm -hmm. However, if there's no motivation, the seller is just testing the market and they're going to be sitting on the market for a long time until that price catches up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, with negotiation, I find it's really important that if we do go in on an offer or if I'm representing a seller and an offer comes in, the price has got to be realistic for us to negotiate. Yes. You know, there's sometimes there'll be, uh, I'm getting offers where people are coming in you know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars under the asking price, and we can't even start a negotiation. So you talked about being realistic. You've got to come in with a number where the other side will say, "Yeah, let's let's work with this and go back and forth." And also, the relationships that we have with other realtors are vital right now. You know, whereas when the market was going crazy, there seemed to be, in some cases, not a lot of respect amongst agents. That's true. Uh, I think we lost a lot of respect during that period. Uh, and, and I think it was, you know, a lot of people were not used to, if you think about the schooling process over COVID, it was all online. There was no human interaction. There was no one to share and bounce ideas off of. Mm-hmm. And people weren't in the offices. So agents couldn't come in and have that interaction with agents that had been experienced. So we found a lot of agents that uh, did get licensed at that time did not really know the human element of the negotiating aspect. And mm-hmm. that was lost during the last two years. But it's coming back. And if you see how the market is right now, the experienced agents are pretty busy, even through last year when it was, uh, you know, sales were down about 40% across the, the GTA. The experienced agents were still busy because mm-hmm. in a down market, you turn to experience. And that's for both buyers and sellers. Because you want to have that on your side when you're going into negotiations. And, you know, having a relationship with other agents uh, that you're uh, conducting business with is going to get you a lot farther. And if you have that mutual respect, your seller and your buyer are the winners of that mutual respect. And that's something that can't be discounted. That's something that, you know, we really have to stress is the relationship amongst uh, colleagues. Yeah, and we really need those relationships in turn, to help all of our clients. We really do. Yes. Yeah, we do. And, and again, when you're, when you're coming in two or $300,000 under asking and the seller looks at that and says, there's not even a mutual meeting ground that we can achieve here. This is way too low. But if you come in with a fair offer, and, and the key word is always fair, if you want to get a fair deal, come in with a fair offer. Mm-hmm. And that way you're going to have some common ground where you can settle. Yeah. And then at the end, everybody feels good. You know, both sides feel really, really good. They do. It's a win-win. So as most realtors would advise you, just like Asif says, if you're going to go out and buy, please get pre-qualified. And like I always say, Get pre-qualified with my mortgage guy, Jason Georgopoulos of Dominion Lending. Jason will get you the best rates, the best terms, and he's there to answer your calls. Not like these major banks that put you through all kinds of red tape and everything just to get an answer from somebody. To get in touch with Jason, you can email him at jasong at dominionlending.ca. 
So let's take a look at the seller side. And um, you're having these conversations, the same ones I'm having. And uh, I have some of my uh, sellers who are saying, look, I'm not going to sell right now. Um, I'm going to wait until the market comes back. And and that's a fair point to make. Uh, however, with sellers, what you have to understand, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, is mm-hmm. that there's not a lot of inventory out there. So when the market comes back, yourself and all of your neighbors are going to be on the market. And with different subdivisions, different areas, there's not a lot of differences in homes. And it's going to come down to a price game. Mm-hmm. So in order to have a captive audience, you want to be on when the inventory levels are less. And right now, although inventory levels are about two, two and a half months, three months, this is still some of the lowest inventory levels that we've seen over the last 15 or 20 years. They're still uh, it's very not low. the COVID type. Yeah, it's not COVID type where we're at one month in some areas, less than one month. That was just, you know, it was uh, an anomaly. But but what we're seeing right now are very low inventory levels. And that's why we've seen the return of multiple offers for the homes that are showcased properly and uh, command attention from the buyer. Uh, these are the ones that are, are getting the offers. And these are the ones that are getting the multiple offers. And, and I just want to quantify that by saying the ones that are getting the multiple offers are priced correctly. Uh-huh. They're not the I was going to get into that too. That's... Yeah, they're not priced a hundred thousand over, two hundred thousand mm-hmm. over to test the market. They have to be at market value, and that's what's going to get them the extra attention. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about pricing. You know, asking prices. Now, you talked about subdivisions, and you'll see a lot more of that in places like York Region, um, in in some of the old suburbs. But you know, I do a lot of work in the downtown Toronto area where it's certain pockets are are getting great prices and certain pockets are not certain streets are a lot more attractive than other streets that might be right next to each other so when it comes to pricing we have to really really be creative in a lot of ways and um you've, you've got a property in downtown toronto that you're going to list what, what what's your strategy going to be in today's market let's say like a, a prop like a um a property that's in the Leslieville area where we have low inventory, however, still high demand. And um, you want to bring it on the market and let's see what happens. And I think, uh, you know, the main thing there, Desmond, is what we do is we look at list prices, even from the hot market. You want to see what market value was and you want to see where they were listed. Now, this is you know, eliminating the ones that were listed low to create multiple offers. But you want to find what the market value was. Mm-hmm. Because the market value is what determines what you're going to get for your property. And, you know, someone making an emotional decision to pay two or $300,000 for a home because they wanted to live on the same street as their parents to look after their kids, that's different than that becoming market value. That was an emotional decision, mm-hmm. a price based on an emotional decision, and it didn't change market value. It just, that's what that one home commanded. So it doesn't mean everything else on the street went up yeah, $300,000. Right. So you want to look at market value. Yeah, you got to throw that one out. Yeah, throw that one out and uh, and then look at market value and say, this is where we should be. And uh, sometimes it takes uh, a little bit of convincing or a little bit of uh, uh, more analysis in order to you know, make your sellers aware that this is where they should be. And that's the sweet spots for them to possibly get into multiple offers. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to advise my clients to 
list their properties at a price that is as close to market value as possible. Now, market value, like we just talked about, you have to throw that one out where someone's decided to pay 300000 over because they just, you know, the emotional attachment to that street or to the family that's on that street. But market value is made up of actual market solds, market, market price. Yeah. So we take a look at all of that and it's like, okay, I think we should, we should price it here where I think we are close to what the value is. However, I still think we should hold off. So holding off being, let's, let's set an offer date. And I've got one coming out next week, a, a two-bedroom condo. And I've decided that that's the way we're going to, to approach it in this market, but only because of the lack of inventory. But when we do this, there's always a plan B in, in place, right? And I hate this plan B in that, you know, when I came back after being away from selling for over a decade and I saw this practice of, uh, of uh, you know, relisting properties at higher than they were originally listed at, it used to just drive me crazy, but... I hate to say it, it works. It, it really does. And you know, holding off offers is not just mainly to uh, you know, in, increase the, the value that your sellers are getting. I and mean, there's different reasons we hold off offers. And, and one is to try and get more people through the property. And, and when you have mm-hmm. so many buyers out there that are looking for properties and, and there's not a lot of attractive properties left on the market, those are getting scooped up really quick again. You want to get as, you know, for your sellers, you want to get them as much attention to their property uh, because if it's a great property, uh, you know that there's buyers waiting out there and it's going to sell in the first day. But you want to get that property exposed to more people so that you do the best thing for your sellers and and make sure that they're getting the right offer because, uh, you know, not having that, they may miss out on uh, on an offer or two that could have been better than what they accepted. So there's different reasons uh, to hold off. I I think the time right now is people should hold off uh, because of the lack of inventory and the consumer confidence that has been built just over the last few days after the announcement uh, from the BOC about the quarter point increase and possibly holding off. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of buyers that mm-hmm. uh, if you're speaking with mortgage brokers, the applications have been coming in again, and I think the doors are about to blow off the market. So sellers have to be prepared for that. They have to make sure their home is showcased to be the best on the street and, and make sure that we're, you know, accommodating all the buyers that are going to be out there. Okay, yeah, you just talked about showcasing. And um, when the market changed, I saw a little bit of a change in how properties were being presented. Some people stopped staging. It's true. Yeah, they did stop staging. They stopped marketing. And, and these are all things that separate the great realtors from the average realtors is is the amount of work and the time they put mm-hmm. in to showcase a property to make sure that it shows in the best light for buyers coming in and, and presents the seller's largest asset in, in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we've gotten back to over the last year because the, the market has been tight. You want it to stand out. You want to be the first off the bus. So it doesn't matter when you get on the bus, you want to be the first off. And that's going to staging, marketing, it's going to play a, a huge role moving forward as well, because uh, not every property sells, as we know. You know, it, it, the perception is every property sells, no, they- but it doesn't. And so you want to give your sellers the best chance by doing everything possible and, and, you know, investing your money and your time. And, and this is an investment that the good realtors make in good faith. 
because there's no guarantee. So if you're staging, if you're marketing, yeah. this is something that you put out from your pocket in order to make sure that your seller is getting proper value at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And then if it doesn't sell, then the realtor's out of pocket. That's right. That's right. So we have a vested interest in all of our clients' properties, and, and that's what separates the uh, the good realtors from the ones that will just put a sign out and put it on MLS and hope that another realtor comes in with the right offer. Mm-hmm. Um, very big question that came up, especially when the market was changing, when it came to sellers, do and they wanted to purchase something else, whereas it used to be, okay, we buy first, and I know for sure my house is going to sell. Um, things have changed a little bit, but we're having a little bit of a dilemma still with our lack of inventory. So what do we, what, what, what are you saying to, to your, your, your potential sellers? Do you sell first or do you buy first? So, I mean, over the, you know, over the last few months, it, it has been sell first because uh, things have been taking a long time to sell, uh, interest rates climbing, and you don't want your uh, seller to buy and they'd be stuck with two mortgages, especially with the mm-hmm. rates that they that there are out there now. So the conversation had shifted from buy first because you don't want to be stuck with that at home because your home will sell in a week. It had changed to let's go and try to sell first and then we know what we can afford and go out and buy. But right now, that's the same thing that I'm saying right now is you have to sell first, but maybe allow yourself a window to go out there and purchase afterwards. Yeah, very so key. have a, a bit of a longer closing in order to facilitate your purchase because we are going to start to see more inventory now. Mm-hmm. I, I think over the next little while, we'll start to see a lot more inventory come on, but it's the absorption rate's also going to increase because people are going to be scooping these up. Yeah, when you talk about longer closing dates, um, let's be a little bit more specific. So um, in these scenarios, if... I would like to get at least 90 to 120 days yes. uh, for my sellers if they've sold first and they have to buy something else because our lack of inventory, it's going to take us time to find something else. It really is. And, and you know, the inventory levels, again, uh, they seem a lot higher than they were before, but it's still a, a critically low level of inventory, which is going to cause a lot of confusion, a lot of panic as we move forward because as the market changes, it's going to change very quickly. So for for people that mm-hmm. are trying to time a bottom, the only time you know that you're at the bottom is when prices start to go up again. So we may already have been there. We, we're not sure. Yeah. But um, it's going to change uh, quickly and it's going to change drastically. So if you're watching inventory levels, they're not going to get better. I think it's going to get worse with the return of consumer confidence. And uh, again, it's it's going to be a personal situation that uh, everyone has to speak to their financial advisor and their realtor uh, to determine whether they should buy first or sell first. But for my clients, the go-to conversation mm-hmm. is always, let's put it on the market first. And, and even if we want to buy it first, let's gauge interest yeah. and see where we're at with price so that we know that we're at a realistic level. And, you know, um, and before you place the property on the market, you know, take a look at what the competition is out there. You know, if there's nothing else out there, then you know you're going to have a very good chance of selling that property that you're listing a lot faster than if if you're going up against two or three other properties in the same price range, the same type of product. That's right. And and the 
the qualifier to that is make sure you're at market value because just because you're the only game in town doesn't mean you can list it at $150,000 more. Mm -hmm. Buyers are very savvy right now. Not that sellers aren't savvy, but buyers are very savvy and they're very careful. They've heard a lot in the media about what could happen, what could potentially happen. And and even though that's not the case, I I was using an example of the Farmer's Almanac. Even though these very smart meteorologists have gone through and, and put together an almanac, almanac of where the weather is going to be and what the weather is going to be like. The weatherman on the street actually knows what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. So to refer back to a book that was written earlier to say this is what could happen because it happened in 2008 and the weatherman standing on the street saying, hey, it's nice and sunny. You got to go with the person on the street and, and in real estate, that's the realtor. And there, although there's a lot of reports of what could happen, what should happen, what's happening right now, the realtor on the street knows exactly what the temperature is and they're going to be able to put you in the best position to buy yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you read these newspaper articles and watch the, you know, the, uh, the newscasts on television, we get a lot of stats. You know, we had an awful lot of stats about, you know, compared to this time last year, the, you know, uh, sales are down, listing inventory is down or whatever. But like you said, we're on the street and we're seeing little things happening before they even make it to the news that don't make it to the news, such as, yeah, multiple offers on properties. Ah, I have nothing to show my, show my, my buyers. You know, things like that. Um, we right. see the strategies that are being used again. And, and the strategy, again, that we just talked about, I'm seeing a 9 out of 10 of the listings coming out right now are, are having offer dates. They're, 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 the agents are marketing the properties for a week and putting offer dates. And who would have thought that? And sure, we're not getting the huge prices that we were getting back in February and March. But they are selling. And they're selling either uh, close to asking price a little or a little bit over, not the hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars over that we saw in the height. So these are things where, like you said, are intangibles and the reason why you use a realtor. Exactly. And you know, when people were qualifying before uh, last year, the year before, they were qualifying at 1.49 or 1.89, and that was free money. Mm-hmm. But now when you're qualifying at a sure normal is. rate, which is, you know, four and a half percent, five percent, you know, we're not back to the new normal. That's or this isn't the new normal. We're back to the old normal. And and this is what we were used to. We had a couple of years where there were some incentives provided by the government in order to facilitate what was happening out there. And and those incentives have now been pulled back. We could not uh, possibly expect those incentives to to be the new norm. They're forever. Uh, and, yeah. and what we're seeing now is, you know, a 4.5% mortgage. If you could get a fixed rate for 4.5% about six, seven years ago, you would have jumped mm-hmm. at it. Oh, definitely. And, and we're back there right now. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, you, just to, you, you, you talked about uh, people trying to time the market. Um, and as you know, it's, it's, it's not easy to do. If, if someone can do that, that's great. They're, they're geniuses, amazing. Um, but I guess I try to just advise people that to sell and buy in the same market. You know, if prices are low, you sell low and you're buying lower. If they're a little bit higher, you're selling higher and you're buying higher. And that's the best way to go about it, I think. It really is. And, and you know, to, we spoke a little bit about longer closings. The other thing you have to be careful with the long closing is suppose the market shifts. 
Mm-hmm. So you're waiting to buy, you sell, you get a really long closing, and now you're going to purchase, but the market has shifted. Now the bank is appraising your property at that lower price. So although you're selling or you're buying your next house at a lower price, the value on your sale just went down. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, it's all like you said, it's always good to buy and sell in the same market so that you know that if you're getting a little bit more for your house, you're going to pay a little bit more for your house. If you're getting a little bit less for your house, you're going to pay a little bit less for your house. At the end of the day, it's a wash. Yeah, yeah, sure. Would, would you say what, what I mentioned earlier, like 90 to 120 days is a safe period of time where you're not going to really see drastic changes in the market? Yeah, I, I had um, I had an appraisal company on the radio show the other uh, about a few months ago, and they were saying to keep it under sixty days. And that's a little bit tight when the inventory is low like this. Mm-hmm. I would say sixty to ninety, even one hundred and twenty is fair. Yeah. Um, but again, I see his point as well to say. You know, when we're appraising properties, we like to keep it in a 30 to 60 day window. Um, And that way the banks don't come back and bother them. Yeah. And, and you know, when the market was changing, that was a problem. It was. We saw people, let's say, that had bought at at a million and then the appraisals, you know, a million with a long closing, 120 days. And then the market changed like crazy and the appraisals were coming in at 850. And oh boy, there, we've had people backing out of deals. We've had to renegotiate um, purchase prices and so on. So hopefully that's all behind us right now. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of sellers get left in limbo because now it becomes a legal battle, and now you're stuck for six, seven, eight months in this legal battle because At the least. value went down, and the buyer couldn't close, and the buyer's being sold, the buyer's being sued. Mm-hmm. They can't go out and purchase another house, so. It really is a tangled web, so you have to make sure that uh, you're relying on the expertise of your realtor to to set those dates and to set the prices that uh, you're able to accept. Okay, great. Now, Asif, just about ready to wrap up. Is there anything else you'd like to add? You're dealing with clients, uh, buyers, sellers, things that you could tell them right now about this market and what they can expect over the next few months. I would say fasten your seatbelts because it's about uh, the ride's about to start again. <laughs> and uh, the consumer confidence that we're feeling just uh, in the streets over the last few days since the Bank of Canada announcement uh, has been overwhelming. Uh, you know, we didn't think it would uh, jump into crazy mode right away, but it seems like it's going to come out. You're going to start to see sellers that are more confident now that uh, people will be able to close on these properties. They'll start putting them up for sale. And there's a lot of buyers. There's You have to remember, Desmond, there's so much pent-up demand. Sure uh, I mean, not that we were going to get to 121,000 sales again, but no one expected it to be 75,000 sales. So I think we're going to hit about 85,000 to 90,000 sales in 2023, which is a significant jump over the 75,000 that we had in 2022. And I think there's a lot of pent-up demand. Mm-hmm. Um, the other situation that we really need to watch is the rental situation. There's hardly any properties for rent out there. Yes. And that with the immigration that's coming in and, and rentals being their go-to when they first come into the country, we're going to be in a huge rental crunch where people don't have places to live. So there's a huge opportunity for sellers. There's opportunities for buyers that want to rent out their properties. Uh, it's going to get crazy really quick. And I think um, that's probably an understatement at, at best. Yeah, for sure. That window is closing like we had talked about earlier. It really is. Sure is. Okay. So, Asif, tell us a little bit about, as we're wrapping up here, tell us a little bit about your 
uh, radio show on the market and when people can tune in to 105.9 The Region to listen to you. Thank you, Des. Uh, it's 105.9 FM. Uh, it's a York Region station. It's available throughout the GTA. It's, uh, the show airs Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. And we also do uh, have it on Spotify, on SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcast, and, and more. So, uh, you know, like you, we, we try to provide what's actually happening out there in the market. And, uh, you know, congratulations on on the success of Sold in the Six. Uh, there's so many people that listen to it and, uh, you know, they're getting the truth about the market, which is exactly what we like to share. And, you know, obviously, thank you for being a guest on On the Market as well uh, previously. We'd love to have you on again. Oh, soon. yeah. Thank you. That was, a, that was a pleasure. Yeah. So, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a show that's been around for about five years on 105.9. And, uh, you know, we, we just try to share what's actually happening out there in the marketplace and bring you opinions from experts like yourself to share with our audience and uh, and also just make sure that they know what's actually happening. Yeah, well, listen, you are great. You are a wealth of knowledge. You're in the real estate business. You run a, a, you know, a large company up in York Region in downtown Toronto, so you know what's going on. So it's always a pleasure to chat with you, Asif. And thank you very much. And that's Asif Khan, the broker owner of Remax Prime Properties and also the co-host of On the Market, that real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Tune in on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Thanks very much, Asif. Thank you, Desmond. Have a great day. And I have to agree with Asif. The window is closing and it's going to get crazy really fast. I want to thank my producer, Doug Downs of Stories and Strategies for putting this podcast together. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. And if you really liked it, please send it on to a friend. If you need to get in touch with me, you can email me at des at desmondbrown.ca and I'm on all of the social media platforms. And my handle is desinthe6. So follow me there too. And the six is spelled number six, I-X. Until next time, I'm Desmond Brown. <laughs>